Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 11 of Sprint Race Show, the show that speeds through some of the main talking points happening in Formula One this week. My name is Emma Ridgway and I will be your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. Because it's a non-race weekend, I thought it might be a good idea to talk about the drivers that have moved teams before the start of the season and see how they're doing with their new teams. I won't mention the rookies because I will probably do a separate podcast later in the year. Instead, I'll just talk about the drivers who moved from one team to another and how they did in the first five races. So of those drivers, we have Vettel, Perez, Ricardo, and Sainz, all of whom were with another team last year. So let's talk about Sebastian Vettel, who arguably was the biggest move last year. If you remember, it was quite early in the season when Ferrari announced that Vettel wouldn't be staying with them. And there was a lot of drama about it. I think they dedicated an entire episode of Drive to Survive just on that furor. So there was, of course, a lot of hype about Sebastian joining Aston Martin. So how has he done? Well, to be honest, he's not had the best start. And I think from what I've read, and there have been some really, really strong comments, it feels as though he's had the biggest fall from grace. And by that, I mean he is a... 121 time podium sitter he's a four-time world champion and in his first race for Aston Martin he started dead last albeit that was because of an issue but it was a pretty dreadful start for him altogether and then during the race it didn't get any better I think he collided with Ocon he got a five second penalty and he got five penalty points added to his license Now, of course, Aston Martin are one of the teams that are arguing that they have been penalized by the new rules this year that apparently affect low-rate cars. Obviously, we know that Aston Martin have not done very well, but we are still waiting to see if the low rake is actually the main cause of this. There have been a few clips of Lawrence Stroll going into the meeting room to meet with uh, Michael Massey along with Otmar, but it's clear that this has had quite a severe impact on Vettel's start. I think since then he's finished 15th, 10th and 13th twice, but actually in Monaco, so the last race, he actually finished 5th which was a huge jump forward given where he started. That came about from a really good qualifying. And then during the race, his strategy was excellent. I think his pit stop undercut two drivers, Hamilton and Ocon. So a pretty bad start. But after last weekend, there is a little bit of hope for Vettel fans. Now on to Sergio Perez, who, like Vettel, when he made the move to Red Bull, obviously there was a lot of press attention. There is this thing called the cursed second seat at Red Bull. And if you've listened to some of my previous podcasts, then you'll know why. So obviously with this seat, there is a lot of pressure on Perez. And to be honest, I think it's shown in his first five races. He hasn't yet had a podium, whereas Max has been on all of the podiums so far and won two of the races. It's pretty obvious that Perez isn't having the start that he wanted. He did, however, qualify higher than his teammate in Imola. That was primarily because Max made several mistakes on his qualifying lap. And then, of course, Max went on to win that race, and Perez dropped out of the podium places altogether. He should have really gotten on the podium in Monaco. He was chasing down Norris and, in the end, finished 20 seconds behind Norris. So, understandably, the pressure is on him. 
but it feels as though he has the support of Christian Horner and, more importantly, Helmut Marko, who appears to make a lot of the decisions around the drivers at Red Bull. So, more to come from Perez. I think he can't keep this level of results up. He needs to start getting podiums, especially if Max continues to win races. Now on to Daniel Ricciardo, who moved to McLaren from Renault last year. Now, this was a surprise move that not a lot of people thought would happen. But in fact, it was all triggered by Ferrari, who decided to choose signs, which freed up a place for Ricciardo. And of course, McLaren have been doing really well with their partnership of Sainz and Norris. And Norris, who himself got a podium last year, was wondering, like the rest of us, if he could compete with Daniel Ricciardo. And in fact, he has. And Daniel Ricciardo has not been up to the standard that we would normally expect of him. He's been relatively consistent with points finishes. He scored points in his first four races with a few sixth and seventh place finishes. But of course, his teammate was finishing higher, with Daniel himself even saying that he needs to swallow his pride if he's going to do well here, given that Norris is already doing quite well. Some say that you are only as good as your last race, and if we think that's true for Ricardo, then he's not doing very well at all. In Monaco, he finished outside of the points, and overall had a pretty dreadful weekend, with McLaren themselves even saying that it wasn't the car that was the issue. But it is okay to have one bad race. And I think Daniel Ricciardo will learn from it. To me, he is one of the best drivers on the grid. And with time, I think he will get the most out of that McLaren and start fighting Norris for podiums. I think Sainz has had a slow growth in confidence in that Ferrari. He's definitely had moments where he underperformed, notably in Spain, where a poor opening lap cost him several places. And in the end, he finished P7, whilst Charles Leclerc finished P4. But when he started outside of the points in Imola, he managed to make his way up to P5. And of course, his last race, he got a podium. As we know, a lot of this was triggered by Leclerc's crash, and Leclerc himself was in the audience for Sainz's podium, and you could sense that he was not happy about not being up there with him. I think that close rivalry that we are starting to see developing at Ferrari will do well for both of the drivers. But I do wonder how Ferrari will use both Leclerc and Sainz. It feels to me like Ferrari love to put all of their eggs in one basket with one driver and right now that is definitely Leclerc. You know the fans love him, he's clearly getting a lot out of that car, he's definitely a future world champion as I said last week. And he was given the longest contract of any Ferrari driver in history. But if there are more weekends like Monaco, where Leclerc makes a mistake and Sainz capitalizes, how will Ferrari deal with that? I think Sainz has a little bit of work to do with that Ferrari, but he's definitely shown promise and getting a podium is a huge step forward. My prediction is that Leclerc will continue to outperform Sainz, but that he won't be that far behind. And of all the drivers that we've mentioned so far, I think Sainz and Leclerc will probably be the closest battle between the teammates. That is all for this week. This coming weekend, we have the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. And of course, we didn't race in Baku last year because of COVID. And it'll be good to go back to the street circuit. I think I've mentioned this before, but it's not my favorite circuit of the year. But It can be really exciting. 
So I am hoping that it will be. So until then, thank you very much for tuning in.